1: Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. We have the latest odds on who will be the next VGK head coach, courtesy of Bet Online. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco. You could follow us at Lockdown VGK on Twitter and on YouTube. Myself at Tony Dasco, Chris Golik at TD Chris G on Twitter. We thank you all for making Lockdown Golden Nights your first listen each and every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And yesterday, uh, Chris, we'll start things off. We ran a poll on Twitter to see what the fans temperature is on the shiny middle aged toys, Barry Trotz and the recently fired Bruce Cassidy. And as of press time, with many precincts reporting and about 500 votes in, we asked which coach is better suited for VGK. And the fans were split right down the middle for a while. But now it was decided by a 53 to 47 percent margin that Barry Trotz would be better suited for the Vegas Golden Knights if they are indeed the top two candidates. Now, this morning, uh, just right before airtime, the folks at BetOnline sent over the latest odds on who would be the next Vegas Golden Knights head coach. Claude Julien is at four to one. Then you have Barry Trotz checking in at five to one. Bruce Cassidy six to one, along with John Tortorella, and Paul Maurice. Those are all at six to one odds. Spencer Carberry at seven to one. Rick Bonus nine to one. Elaine Vigneault at ten to one. And don't count them out just yet. Derek England is also uh, at ten to one. Uh,
0: ten to one. Wow. Claude, Jules, so you're telling me Claude. Because I haven't looked at the email yet this morning. You're telling me Claude Julian is the chuck right now, as far as from the betting perspective, to coach the Golden Knights next?
1: Yeah, at four to one.
0: Why? I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I had my stats up here for Cassidy and Tross just to kind of talk about that. So I'm literally on my phone right now, just kind of peeking at Claude Julian's history here. And I mean, he, okay, not, 2010 11 won, won a cup. Out in playoffs, out in playoffs, lost in round two. I mean, I don't know. Let's, um, let, let's start with uh, Trots and Cassidy. Both of them kind of broke in at the AHL level. As far as NHL experience, uh, Trotz from 98 and uh, Cassidy from 2002. So as far as experience goes, you're simply splitting hairs if you're trying to make a decision based off of experience. Trotz, my only concern about Trotz, if I'm just going to dig into something here, is you win a cup with the Capitals and you're gone right away. I get he wanted to you know, get his contract, get some more control. I certainly respect all of that. But you win a Stanley Cup and the Capitals are like, OK, cool. Like there wasn't much of a fight to keep him. There wasn't much of a, you know, it's like, hey, you got us the cup. Good job. You know, peace out. We'll, we'll see you on the flip side type of thing. Go to the Islanders, three playoff runs, takes the team from nothing, makes them relevant. And then the last season with COVID and injuries and changing buildings and everything, you know, all that madness, all of a sudden he's out. So my questions about Cass or CB about Trots are the relationships with the players, the types of things the GM will learn about once the exit interviews happen when the season ends. Switching gears over to Cassidy, same deal, uh, starts um, around, actually, Trust has about 10 years more experience, my math was way off there, but either way, uh, Cassidy comes in 2008-2009 AHL level with the Bruins, Providence, and then makes the jump to the big club uh, in 2016-17, and all he Every single year he's there. And you look at the things that happened as far as players letting, um, that were let walk by the general manager, uh, Krug, David Krejci, you know, two of his good buddies. And now, if you saw this morning, uh, Pasternak is basically, you know, and these are sources, all sorts, you know, how, how much uh, water this holds, who knows. But now uh, Pasternak doesn't necessarily want to come back unless they fire the GM there in Boston. So that shows some loyalty to uh, Cassidy and the things that he has done with that team, um, I mean if i'm going to split hairs here and if you're going to tell me I get to make the coaching decision uh Trots or Cassidy, I think I'm going Cassidy, I really do
1: yeah, and I'm going to make my, my own wagers at six to one odds, uh, both on Trots and on Cassidy myself, and you know Edge, none I of like none of the styles of the top candidates of the top contenders, according to the latest odds from bet online are perhaps conducive to the style of play that the fans here in Vegas would like to see. They are all heavy on defense. You've got Julian, you've got trots, you've got Cassidy. Claude Julian runs like a typical type of a zone defense. And he's more of a hard and tight checking type of a coach. And then you have trots and Cassidy. Both are pretty well known as defensive coaches. Can they adapt to a system that excites the fans here in Las Vegas? Or if they play that uh, sort of a defensive structure, will the fans have to adapt as long as they're winning. Like who cares?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. Like I said, I don't care what the style is. I don't care who the players are. I don't care about who the coaches. None of that matters to me. I want a winning product on the ice and, Whatever formula uh, McPhee McCrimmon and Foley need to come up with it doesn't matter to me. I want a winning team. Sure, it would have been awesome in season one to see England you know get the cup pass it to Flurry, and work its way uh you know up and down the boulevard and that nature, but obviously that's not how things were going to shake out and Back to your point about the uh, defensive styling, particularly Claude Julian, I just remember like the early two thousands and the Canadians when he was coaching them. You know, it was that blue line trap. It was, you can have the first breakout pass. You can come across the red line as fast as you want. We don't care. But the second you touch that blue line, one of the five players on the ice is going to put you on your butt. And that's exactly, you know, how that late 90s, early 2000s um, defensive formula was prior to all the rule changes in the mid 2000s when that lockout or strike or whatever it was occurred when all the new rules happen and they eliminate a lot of the clutching and grabbing. So particularly a Claude Julian. I mean, that's honestly, I am surprised he's even in the discussion. Um, But the fact that it's something that I don't necessarily agree with, and probably many of the VGK fan faithful wouldn't agree with, we'll probably get the damn job.
1: And an interesting name at seven to one odds and a person that has not been mentioned a lot is an assistant coach and the former hockey player, now the assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that is Spencer Carberry. And uh, he's 40 years old and, um, again, a former NHL player, and now they uh, regard him uh, as being perhaps one of the next head coaching uh, prospects. And so we'll keep an eye on him. But, you know, the more that I dig into Cassidy, the more red flags are appearing. He and budding star Jake DeBrusque had that feud all season long, and it prompted the 25-year-old now, I guess 25-year-old DeBrusque, to ask for a trade. Not sure if he's changed his mind now that Cassidy's gone. Uh, Cassidy wanted DeBrusque to be more of a second effort type of a player. Those two were colliding. And again, something that sounds a lot like the shades of Peter DeBoer, if you make a mistake on the ice, It affects your ice time, and Cassidy would be benching players. If you make mistakes as a younger player, you'll get pulled immediately, or the younger players are very concerned, Chris, that they won't be able to play in the next game. And this, again, would be a redo of Peter DeBoer from everything that we heard uh, during the closing press conferences this season.
0: This is what I really liked about Gallant, and I hit on this. I don't know if it was the Friday show or last week, but Gallant is on record saying, if a player makes a mistake, let's get him back out there so they can correct the mistake. Um, That's how a young player learns. That's how a young player gains confidence and obviously um, all the way up to the veterans and such. The worst thing that could probably happen to any player um, is not being able to follow your instincts out there. Do what you think is right. You know, it's going to be wrong sometimes. The other player is going to make a better play. so, yes, I, I do understand what you're saying about Cassidy and the younger players, but let's look at our Golden Knights roster and how many younger players are going to be daily players in the lineup. I mean, our younger players now, you know, looking at people like White Cloud and Nick Hagan and such, they're uh, experienced veterans all of a sudden, you know, three, four years in the NHL. Bersouan uh, obviously looking to see him more at the NHL level next year from Henderson. Um, you know, Cotter, LeCision, you know, Ron Bjerg, all those players, you know. But there's no room for them in the roster in the current form right now, depending on what happens with, you know, trades and things like that. I mean, is Cassidy going to, you know, scratch the Donoff for a game? I don't know. I mean, it's probably not a bad idea, but at $5 million, that's a lot of money riding the pine. Um, I get what you're saying about Cassidy. If we had a younger, up-and-coming type team, okay, fine. Um, going with the, the assistant that you mentioned from Toronto, that's interesting. Um, you know, you're, you're about the curveballs this morning, Tony. I, I like that. I got the Hockey DB here working as I go through all these uh, people you keep mentioning here. And if we're going to go outside the box, like, and again, I know there's the health concerns, but why not Manny Viveros? Why are we not considering our own homegrown talent right now who has done a good job with Henderson, um, especially last year, given all the ups and downs, players shuffling and such like that. Like if we're going to go really outside the box here, why not promote from within?
1: Okay. So Derek England too, is, uh, he has to be one of your candidates, but one of the names that's absent that straighter. I just, <laughs> I just noticed one of the names absent, Rick Tockett. Tockett's not even mentioned here.
0: Tockett's not even in the, in, in the odds.
1: No, he's not in the odds. He's off the board.
0: Let's, let's, let's get a write-in
1: vote. Let's get
0: a write-in vote. And, you know, talk to the bet on lines. People give us like 35 to one and uh, you know, I'm in for a dollar.
1: Okay. So I'm still going to go with, I'll go with an exacta of Barry Trotz and Bruce Cassidy, like one, two. And I still don't believe that Claude Julian would be a viable candidate for Las Vegas. I just don't, I'm not feeling that one uh, at all. And, to me, from day one, uh, Barry Trotz has been my favorite. You know, if he's available and everything makes sense, I just think that he would be a really good fit here. And I think one of the things also that happened, and again, the more that we dig in, we hear more about it, Cassidy, I think, was under fire to get rid of his assistant coaches and to retool everything that he was doing. And I think that's when he was pushing back with the front office and then Sweeney decided, okay, we have to let Cassidy go. And Bill Belichick even stood up for Cassidy.
0: Wow. That's, that, 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 there's some gravity right there if uh, Mr. Do your job is uh, you know back in, uh, back in Cassidy, but what did Cassidy do wrong? I mean, I know I'm only looking at the stats. I'm not, you know, following from the press side and the media and all that, but you know, his very first season lost in round one, his next season, lost in round two. 18-19, lost in finals. I mean, I, I guess the Blues were the underdog there. fine. You want to, you know, lash them for that, whatever. Okay, same team, 19-20, lost in the conference finals. 2021, lost in round two. 21-22 takes a Bruins team who at, at the midpoint of the season there was concern that they would even be in the playoffs and takes one of the Stanley Cup favorites being the Carolina Hurricanes to seven games. Like, What's Cassidy doing wrong here? Is there something like in the Barry Trotz uh, mix, I guess, where, you know, there are things happening and sure he's getting a lot, he's getting results, but there's a toxic environment. Like, I don't necessarily think that's happening from afar. Um, You know, I I just, I'm not following what the, uh, what all the downfall is on Cassidy. Fine. He's he's tough on younger players. So uh, that's very common in professional sports and you earn you earn your minutes, you earn your time, and Gerard Gallant wants to get you back out there if you make a mistake. Cassidy wants you to sit if you make a mistake. So what? I don't care. Like, what does it honestly matter if you're looking at, you know, from a results perspective? Outside of Trots and Cassidy, I honestly thought someone like, like Rick Tockett has a nice pedigree based on uh, his time in Pittsburgh and working magic with that just garbage of a, team down in Arizona, as far as the roster goes. So someone like Tockett could do very well here. Um, you know, Travis Green is out there. I think if you go uh, that deep into the well, you're just simply looking for a puppet uh, who's going to do everything that McCrimmon and McPhee tell him to. That's, that's why I do like someone like Trots. That's why I do like someone like even more like Cassidy based on what you're telling me, how he is pushing back. Let the coach coach, let, let the general manager make the roster Let the owner tell everyone what to do and uh, do your job and uh, let's find a way to win.
1: Coming up next, the Rangers and Tampa tied up at two games apiece in the best of seven. The Rangers were dominated in a four to one lightning win last night. We'll talk about it next. You are listening to Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers, you have access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time, save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from the chain store or car dealership? You don't have to. Rock Auto, a family-owned business, serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years, and Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for each and every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. You will find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car, for your truck. Write On" in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. And we have an important favor to ask of you. We have put together a survey so that we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast like Lockdown VGK even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Lockdown podcast. Go to com slash survey right now to get things started and It won't take you very long. Everyone that completes a survey can now qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, once again, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks again for all of your help. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And Chris, the Eastern Conference Finals, that series is now tied up at two apiece. Rangers go back to MSG following that 4-1 thumping the hands of Tampa Bay last night. Dominant performance by the Bolts. Andre Vasilevsky with a superb 33 saves, and he hadn't given up a goal in 67 minutes. The Rangers were way too sloppy. A couple of turnovers resulted in goals. Pat Maroon got the scoring started with less than three minutes to go, and it wasn't even that close after that.
0: No, and um, you know, this is looking like a lot of the other series in the East as far as just the, the home teams uh, dominating right now. And you know, I'll say the same thing I said um about the last time your Rangers uh, were in the series, they were down um they were down oh two early and then you know tied up and such. I said, talk to me after game four and we can start, you know, making projections about which way this thing's gonna go. Well, after uh, two, Rangers up uh, two nothing. After four, now we're tied and the Rangers, I mean, they definitely dominated game one. Game two, they had a multi-goal lead up until just a couple of minutes left in the game. And then they go to Tampa, put up a good fight, uh, get, get a two-goal lead and can't, uh, can't close the door, unfortunately, on Sunday. And then last night was the thumping. So you're talking a very evenly matched series right now. Uh, Tampa definitely has the edge in five and fi- on five-on-five on five play, which is going to make things difficult for uh, the Rangers to take this thing home. The bigger issue, I think, is uh, Hedeau, and if uh, he's going to be out for an extended period of time, and that's going to change up all the lines for the Rangers now, or at least the bottom, the bottom three lines potentially. And you have Braden Point lurking, possibly returning as soon as Game Six for uh, Tampa. So the deck is starting to stack against your Rangers right now, Tony. But you know, let's uh, let's dig up for a, a playoff cliche. You're not in trouble in the playoffs until you lose. home game. The Rangers haven't really had to worry too much at home. They've looked just fine. Almost stole game three on the road, which all but would have sealed the deal. And then the Lightning come out in game four and all of a sudden are really looking like the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions again. Although uh, your Rangers aren't looking too good as far as from a series price. Uh, A lot of the, the local books got them in the plus 150 range to win that series, putting Tampa at minus 170, despite having only one home game left. That's very interesting to me.
1: Well, and to me, though, I felt that uh, the Rangers let Tampa off the hook in game three, and they just could not hold that two to nothing lead. And to me, that was absolutely the turning point of this series. And then, of course, you get Vasi getting hot in that, like he usually does. Takes him a little while to warm up. Uh, on the other end, when you talk about goaltending, Tampa's still poking and shoving a lot of extracurriculars after the puck is held by uh, Shosturkin. Igor, is he really rattled now? Is he intimidated, as some might say?
0: That's fair. I mean, he's in a new environment, and a- although he's looked very well and composed through the first couple of uh, series, you know, it's, the pressure is uh, tougher. Uh, the environment is different. Uh, the, the heat is up. I mean, I can keep going on the bump with a bunch of nonsense cliches. At the end of the day, you know, he's, he's a young goalie in a major market in uh, the big stage right now. So, sure, there's definitely going to be a level of pressure. Um, he doesn't show it a whole lot, you know, from the moment he puts on that headband and does the hair thing and you know drives everyone crazy. Um, but, sure, we don't know what's going on between the ears with him. I think he'll bounce back. I think uh, going back to uh, Madison Square Garden for game number five will uh, soothe a lot of the discomfort that he's had. And if the Rangers do do what they're supposed to do, I'm really curious to see how that line shifts um, as far as uh, the Rangers being a sizable underdog despite still holding on to home ice advantage in this best-of-seven series.
1: Yeah, if they don't win this next game, game five, then Tampa could go and close it out on their home ice and the key to game four strong performance again by the lightning. They kept the Rangers, as you mentioned, uh, they played very strong on the five on five. We know that that is part of their game and their strength. And the Rangers were left out of the power play save Panarin's goal that broke the shutout on the power play unit. And the Rangers were just a couple of power play opportunities on the night. So Tampa definitely played that game the correct way. And they stayed out of the box for the most part, Uh, And then Tampa also dominated in the neutral zone. I thought that was one of the biggest keys in that first period. They led the Rangers just one to nothing. But you felt that the Rangers were out of it at that point. I did at least. Uh, And especially Tampa, right, Chris? They had six slot shots in the first period alone. The Rangers dodged a lot of bullets in that period. And they could not overcome, I think, a very strong performance by Tampa. Now it's the best two out of three. Pardon me. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Um, the Rangers definitely seemed like they were chasing that game, and although the score—give me one second here. There we go. Although the score, you know, was close for a long period of time, it just felt like they were being dominated, and that goal felt like it was coming. And you know, it's just one of those games you're watching, like okay, and maybe the Rangers could have caught a break somewhere, you know, some puck luck, but there's a reason Tampa is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion President's Trophy the year prior to that. And now it's going to come down to, you know, a sprint sub, uh, you know, the best two out of three. I think this, this, this thing is going to go seven games. I don't see your Rangers uh, going on a four-game losing streak right now. As, as strong as Tampa is, just I don't see a, a conference final that with this evenly of matched teams just simply one team gonna. this isn't the Colorado Edmonton series we don't have Mike Smith in net right now so I think your Rangers are gonna be okay but I think it's gonna gonna take us a certain stealing a game at this point for the Rangers having a chance to advance I think he has to steal one of the next two games one nothing two one
1: type of performance and then you know we'll see what happens in game six and or seven Director lat last night shuffled his lines a bit. Lafreniere was on the top line at times. Filipino as you mentioned, was injured in the second period on a hit by Victor Hedman. Ryan Strome was out for the Rangers as well. And I, you know, I wanted to ask you if you have any inadvertent goal horn stories to pass along. Have we had any of those I in the history been. in this uh, history of VGK <laughs> with that goal we horn have. going off in the we second? Yeah, I, I so
0: did forgive me Tony did the horn just random like was it a pole shot and it went off or did it no just, it, it
1: wasn't even close it wasn't even close to going into the net it went behind the net in fact and oh. the goal horn went off and Sean McDonough started to celebrate like he does each and every tap of goal
0: <laughs> that's funny uh, I, I honestly didn't catch that when that happened but I, I was at a game uh, it was how was it a playoff? I forgot. I can't remember what game it was, but it was the home game and the Golden Knights made a funny video out of it. I remember where there was a goal review and then they had to like review the review. It was a very strange process, but goal is scored and then they have to review if the puck crossed the line entirely. And then they had to review what led to the puck crossing the line. So the first review happens and they, the rep comes out and says, okay, the puck crossed the line. We now have a goal. And then, but, and then as the ref is saying, but here goes the goal horn. Here comes the, the panic of the disco song, the shirt you were wearing yesterday. We all would have gotten to see if YouTube would have been working. <laughs> that was panic
1: um, at the Dasco though. Yeah. that's, yeah, a that's different. Thing. Fair enough.
0: Okay. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not cool enough. Um, but yeah, all that happens. And I do remember the gold Knights made a funny video out of that where they show chance hitting the goal horn and stuff. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it happens, but I've done that myself as a, as, a, as a beer league referee. You're standing close by, and it happens very, very quickly sometimes. Your body tells you it's a goal. Your mouth says, blow the whistle, and uh, yep, you blow the whistle, and you point to the goal, and the players are looking at you, and then you just can see that you were at the bar before the game started, and they laugh.
1: Coming up next, we're going to talk about the youth hockey clinics going on around the Valley. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs, for all your stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, including the latest odds on who the next VGK head coach will be, in fact. News and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup uh, between the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, the NHL conference uh, final right now, just one going on with the Avalanche already into the cup final And Major League Baseball, of course, along with the latest in UFC, MMA, everything, boxing, you have it. It's right there on Online. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Thanks for making us your first listen. And for your second listen, you need to check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Nightly recaps of all the NHL games, very few remaining, but all the analysis, everything from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back from Las Vegas, Tony Credasco and my man, Chris Golick. They call me Panic at the Dasco, by the way. You like that T-shirt. Uh, so VGK has youth hockey clinics going on around the Valley. Uh, This is something near and dear to your heart. I know with your family and your son now, Christopher, getting involved in hockey. So they have youth hockey clinics around the Valley. They launched this on Monday. There I think will be four more remaining. The next one Thursday, they're in the morning. Um, There are five total around the Valley. It's an effort to keep local students active over the summer. So what is taught or what is stressed at these clinics around the city? Is it basically just the nuts and bolts and the fundamentals of hockey for beginners?
0: So first of all, you, you, you mentioned uh, my, my son and hockey and stuff like that. So I want to tell you the stunt my son pulls last night. Check this out. So last night for the Learn to Play program that Christopher is in, um, they actually set up the rink into halves and did their first games last night. So me and my wife were sitting on the other side of the stands and we see some of the players start to come out. And I noticed Chris is sitting in the penalty box sign of things to come obviously, but he was just sitting there and the coach, I thought he was maybe helping him tie his skates. I couldn't tell what was happening. And then all of a sudden it clicks. He's putting the goalie pads on. Oh no. He, oh, no. he volunteers to play goalie. Now, now Chris told a really cute story. when We were at, at dinner afterwards. He said that they needed four volunteers I'm going to have Chris fill in in a second here. They said he needed three, they needed four volunteers, yeah. And then, Chris, when they needed the fourth goalie, what, what did you say? No
1: one wanted to be a goalie,
0: so I know what I have to do. End of story. <laughs> no one wanted to be the goalie, so he knew what he had to do. So he, he laid him Did he just say end and, of story? End of story, yeah. He's a little shy at the moment. <laughs> So, but he gets in there, oh, he does this thing, and he's out there sweeping the crease and stuff. And he was defending his crease. He he gave a couple around uh you know, wax when they got a little too close to him. But he did a he did a good job back there. But you know, now to your point here about the clinics and stuff, um, and the coaches were very supportive last night, helping everybody, of course, and including Christopher, uh, lacing them up, uh, lacing the pads up and such. But back to these clinics, it's just an introduction to hockey. You're going to have chance there. You're going to have the cast there. And they're going to be showing everyone um, just the basics of hockey. Get a stick in their hands, get a ball out there so they can hit it around a little bit. And, you know, hockey is the type of sport, once you give it a shot, it is just so much fun. And you're going to want to do it again and do it again. Um, me and Christopher, so often uh, here on September Avenue in Henderson, um, we, are, we set up the nets. We got two pretty much full-size nets, and we'll just kind of start playing. And for a period of time in our neighborhood, all the neighborhood kids started joining in and getting nets and getting sticks. And, you know, we had a reoccurring almost daily game for a while, especially during uh, the earlier part of uh, our lockdown and all that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, these, these little uh, clinics are fun. They want to just introduce hockey to people. You might like it. And you might want to go skate at Lifeguard or City and uh, just kind of take it from there. But, yeah, folks, if you got a chance to check out one of these, take your kids. Your kids will love it. Get them into one of the learn to skate programs at City National or Lifeguard. They will love it. Then they'll start playing hockey. They will love it. And um, then your kid will lace up and be goalie, and you're gonna have your head on your your hand on your uh, forehead all the time, praying that God he doesn't take a puck to the head.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, and I know. <laughs>
0: I and Chris said he lost four three, unfortunately, last oh, time. Oh no. One of the goals. One of the goals was an own goal. He was screened and the ref didn't call it. I gave him the business and I almost got thrown. I'm kidding, that did not
1: happen, but yeah, and that's the closest uh, I think threat last night in that Rangers game. Uh, Tampa almost uh, gave up an own goal on a shot on a shot on Vasilevsky in that game, but you know, uh, and I know that you don't want your son to be a goaltender, uh, when he grows up, so I know that that's not tough, really, but that's natural, he little Billy Smith,
0: little Billy Smith. That's what I saw out there last night.
1: All right. <laughs> you know what? Uh, this past weekend, you know, you talk about youth hockey. I was at a tremendous facility this past weekend in Springfield, Virginia, St. James. I think it's 450,000 square feet. And okay. inside, Chris, two two complete sheets of ice inside and just continuous youth hockey games, uh, followed by beer league games and kids aren't playing baseball anymore. Uh, You know, back there, of course, in that uh, D.C. area in Maryland, uh, lacrosse is really big. A lot of lacrosse games going on. They have like four football fields. If anyone's in that area ever check that place out, just outstanding. Uh And that's what keeps a lot of these youth out of trouble is uh, these activities and sports. We need it more than ever, um, especially here, right in our local community. Of course, no doubt. And uh, we thank you all for tuning in today. Uh, thanks again. And thanks again to our good friends from Bet Online. Uh, of course, they gave us all of those odds for who will be the next head coach for the VGK. We thank everyone for tuning in. We also thank everyone for participating in our little polls at Lockdown VGK. So uh, we'll do more of that because I think that we got a lot out of that. And some people, uh, they were given the options between trot between Cassidy they said neither and I didn't put that as a category so but yeah it was a pretty close poll and it's still continuing there on at Lockdown VGK we thank you all for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen each and every day free and available on all platforms and don't forget to check out Lockdown NHL again they cover all of the playoffs like no other and you can hear about the latest news latest opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. And again, free and available wherever you get your podcast. For my man, Chris G, I'm Tony Cardasco. We come to you from Las Vegas each and every day. We'll see you tomorrow once again, right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take care.